because the patriarchy. Because yeah, <laughs> the patriarchy. <laughs> Patreon, uh, Patreon. Did you just for assume all... their gender? Yeah. Oh my yep. god! You did I not did. Just do I that. love to assume gender. Yeah. Every night I assume Nicole's gender. Okay. <laughs> with that, we're live. You know. <laughs> all right. Oops. Welcome to very inappropriate D and D. If you, if anything we say on this podcast makes you go fetal, then that's your problem, <laughs> not ours. You should be at least level three to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. You knew yeah. what you were getting into. You knew what you were getting into, and this is old school D and D. So let's just admit, everybody listening to this is a crusty old bastard. Bastard person. <laughs> they can take it. They rolled. They had character. They sat there at twelve years old, and some college kids said, "Sorry." Um, your character just got killed by, you know, green slime, make a new character. And so that made you tougher and better and strong enough to stand up to this podcast. So speaking of characters and getting better, what, uh, what did rock powers become? You don't know yet. Well, we don't know yet. I kind of know yet (laughs) because I I know, I know what's going to happen. Well, it's kind of hit me to that and said, you know, what character are you going to make? But we know we're heading to a place where the you know we're gonna have that D cartoon moment where you know he's like warrior you know cavalier <laughs> acrobat druid <laughs> here's a bunch Wait. of classes we made up for the new handbook <laughs> so are you assigning <laughs> are you assigning the the change walt no are you picking it my, are you are you assuming my class <laughs> i am i'm assuming your class i'm gonna say you pick the chrometheus class you know what because he deserves be his own dang class. <laughs> there should be a Corinthians class. Um, uh, uh, I, uh, I, I, I know where I, I know where I'm headed. Yeah, I know where I'm headed. Yeah. It's funny too. Without sort of any stat enhancement or anything, I qualify for the class. Nice. But here, okay. So here's here's the wrench. Uh, and I have like low strength. I have like nine strength. Because you know he's just a white, you know, Air Force boy. There you go. Pilot who never had to do a hard day's labor in his life. So, what's it? What like I remember you played with a like, stick. It, yeah, I remember like well, that's the thing they're finding out now among modern males, not among us probably because we are all grow back then. But they're finding out that that men are now like have no grip strength. Mm. Like that's actually a thing. Like mm. and and that's it's linked to dropping testosterone. And like the easiest way to improve your. You're, you're, yeah, it's linked to the shoy. Sweet, I'm going to get your shoy and improve my grip strength. Um, but the easiest way to increase your grip strength is it actually just to hang from a tree and your grip strength gets stronger. But they're finding like a lot of little guys now, the like little soy boys, they can't, they can't actually chance or have grip strength. So that's an interesting thing. So uh, I, I remember this old D&D article where they tried to say, you know, like if you lift this much, this is what your strength would be in real life. So, a guy with nine strength is probably like an average person. Yeah, yeah. I uh, would say. From yeah. eight to 12 is average in the D&D handbook. Yeah. yeah, so he's just barely average. Basically, he does not even lift, bro. Does <laughs> <laughs> not even lift? So Does not uh, even lift, bro? <laughs> I actually uh, wrote all of the six like main playable character races, uh, and then I just rolled the dice to see what I would become. So that's how I did it for my... Are we are we disclosing? Or are we waiting for next week? It's up to you. I guess let's wait for next. Let's wait for next week. All right. Well, then we'll wait for next let's, week. Let's. I mean, let's give the. Is there anyone even in the audience today? We or got Captain we Kogosha. So we got Sparky sixty eight sixty eight. We don't need anybody else. We yeah, just we, need we got guys. those guys. 
I, I'm just wondering, uh, wh which A-team character are you? Because I, I'm kind of picturing you as Face Man, Nick. You know, but, uh, yeah, that yeah. Was, that was spot on my MOS. That was what yeah. I did. Yeah. I was called, the, my my uh, my name was Brain. That's what I got called. Nice. Yeah. What were you called, Jack? Can... Uh, <laughs> a lot of bad names, generally by my NCOs. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and Walt, what were you called? Um, depended on the uh, depended on the the time in service, really. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, it's I, usually usually it's when you're a private. Like that's when you earn the most honest nickname. Everything yeah. after that, like, is suck up stuff. Yeah, because when I was in basic, the uh, the drill sergeant yeah. started calling me lieutenant. He's like, "You march <laughs> well, like a freaking lieutenant," and I'm. How does a lieutenant march? He goes, like, you got to stick up your ass. <laughs> I, I heard once that I marked like a pregnant dinosaur with trick knees. That was fun. I, I see, like, a point, like, if I become insanely wealthy off GE, I see, like, like myself, like, at an older age. Like, you know how guys used to go play fantasy baseball? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I would sign up for fantasy basic training again. <laughs> just because I. How do you do fantasy basic need, training? I don't know, but I crave it. Like as I get older, I crave that kind of abuse. I just want some like six foot, swole Mississippi mud black drill sergeant to just scream in my face that I'm worthless and no good, and like to basically unfuck all my major malfunctions. <laughs> and I feel like that would be very cathartic. Like now, I really like nineteen year old me thought, man, this is some bullshit. But like fifty two year old me now says. I would pay good money for that therapy. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. That sounds like my drill sergeant. <laughs> and uh, Rothman, you hung out with the alphabet people, and sure, oh, yeah. they tagged they uh, you with something. Yeah. I, I, actually, I was Bubba, because I was always the uh, science guy. So Bo Booger isn't too far from my actual nickname from way back when. So. How would they arrive at Bubba for science? I'm not. Uh, oh, it's like, kind of the opposite. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, Bubba, oh, you know, so, yeah, it, it, you know, it's kind of like a southern stupid name. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, here's the smart guy. You know, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, like, like if you're a klutz, they call you Ace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wait, so it uh, wasn't a good thing they called me PT Stud? <laughs> now you're telling me? <laughs> the, no. not, neither was it when they called you Sex Machine. God dang it! <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined my whole eight years. Uh, I'm sure that's not what it did it. I was such a good corporal; they made me one three times. It is weird when you it's look back twenty or thirty years later, and you realize, like, now that you have maturity, you can see something that you're a part of, and you're like, "Oh, that wasn't what I thought it was at the time." Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when we did our call signs, we actually like gave ourselves Hollywood call signs, and I had. The entire time I was there, we didn't know one of the junior privates was going by a um, slang word for male reproductive liquids. Oh, God. And I heard it later, and I'm like, wait, that's what that means? Yeah. So he had the – How I... much do you want to bet that, like, most of, like, Navy pilot training is just, like, like, like you probably – okay, so you, you go into the Navy, and they go through your flight school, and you're probably, like, for nine months just, like, hovering over, like, oh, I hope I get a good call sign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, you're just waiting to have your, like, like you're probably, like, I don't know if I'm going to stay in or re-enlist until I find out my call sign. Right. That, that's probably how they are. We had the, uh, we had the guy um, 
uh, for our platoon sergeant that was like the uh, before he was a dad he had dad jokes. So at one point, <laughs> good man. Good we're, man. Yeah, we're trying to you know every all platoons had to come up with their own call sign because we were being pushed out. Uh, we were not going to operate as a company. We were going to operate independently as platoons. So he uh, he decides he's because he doesn't know what it is because he's like he's like hunky hunky white dude and he's like yeah we're gonna call ourselves the shockers and we're like what (laughs) (laughs) and he's like he's like yeah we're gonna call ourselves the shockers you know like that movie the horror movie i'm like that's not how people are gonna take this (laughs) so later on we're in the middle of the deployment tells me what year this was (laughs) Uh we're in the middle of the deployment and the and uh we have to go into this area where the call sign for the uh command operation cell is dragon and I'm looking, I'm looking at the uh, the Blue Force tracker, and I find the call sign that we got to call into, and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" <laughs> and all of a sudden, my uh, my my boss says, "What's the wh- what is it?" And I'm like, "Look at this call sign," and he goes, "Oh, we are gonna have so far." So I said, "Look, he called a shocker, but if we say this over the radio, he's gonna kick our ass." He was <laughs> like, "No, no, I'm doing it." <laughs> so um, imagine like the most Irish cop you've ever you've ever met uh, from born Massachusetts. That was my boss in Iraq. He sits there. He goes, "Now it's Dragon Coc. We're supposed to be calling into." He goes, "Dragon cock, Dragon cock. This is Shocker requesting passage of lines over." Like, what? <laughs> He's like, "Can we insert into your area?" We're like, "Giant laughing." <laughs> well, with that, I, I guess I can tell you the most common. Uh, nickname for me was Handley became handy and sometimes it was self love is what yeah, they call yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So speaking of self love, uh, how did we do today? Uh, what was the three things we did I think we did great because uh, you know we allowed James to run a mock. Oh usual. my god! Okay, uh, war just, crimes. You know, Oh, yeah. No, he yeah, just would have totally. got shot. Yeah, yeah, like he would have, like his own people would kill him, like and just yeah. total chaos. But you know, like he's having the time of his life, so who cares? Yeah, bull um, in the china shop, but that was okay. Yeah, he seems to want to work counterproductive to anything that you're doing for some reason. I understand it. No, but it's I, fun I don't want. Too. Plays, I don't want this special yeah. ability. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 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 then like like since we're we're playing military guys with rank, it's kind of funny. Like, I would order him to do things as the captain, and and he would play the role. He'd be like, okay. So I think he's actually kind of embracing the crusty master sergeant role, um, having only understood crusty master sergeants from having watched like F Troop or like like cavalry movies from the West, you know. And so yeah. like th- that's kind of that's kind of the fun part. But um, I think it was like it was kind of our first dungeon crawl, so yeah. See, Boulder, like the Hound of Ill Moment, like like that. So um, that that was really fun, and and we we wailed on some goblins. Uh, I tried to I tried to I tried to uh, organize uh, a raid uh, with a with a sort of like a supporting force and an assault force, but you know James kind of like shot that down. But it didn't matter. We did great anyways. And uh, then we penetrated the cavern. Cavern. We penetrated the <laughs> goblins. 
the goblin. You inserted into that. that we inserted into the goblin cavity, and we got a big rock, like a meteor rock. And I found some magic dice, and uh, we threw some flaming Molotov cocktails, and we found an M two forty. Jr. We found a two forty. Nice, nice. With I, I played of, with, with one of those within the end, a couple of belts of ammo, so we're good to go. All right, all right. Yeah, it was like, oh shit, they get they get stuff too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, but we I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, and it was a, it was a former ranger gone bad, who who turned into a dwarf. The ruin revealed that he was a we we encountered a local denizen type race, you know, that we were hip to called the Voodoo Dwarves. So uh, so so was this the, guy totally dwarf, or did he like it was like kind of you know like semi-changed i mean i i didn't get the idea that he was like total dwarf or he was, was he? he was a full-on 100 percent dwarf right. the, the ruin had okay. changed him right. um and uh you know from what the guy who's helping you had said before um these rangers came along 20 or 30 years right before you guys got there right so that's four okay what's that I'm keeping track of the number of parties we know about that came through. Well, you, you you know there were a host of them that came through. But only four of them now have been named. Well, you got the... Um... Well, yeah, because there's what? There's two in uh, Forgotten Ruin, the first book. Yes, but your characters don't know about those two. True. Yeah. But there, okay. there's three in Forgotten Ruin. There's, oh, I just assumed this... those two were the same group. Okay. No, well, like, so there's a group of seals that came through. Mm-hmm. There's the rangers that came through, and then what we find out later in Forgotten Ruin is that there was a special forces team that came through about eight thousand years prior. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I did read that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. and we pitched this publisher today, basically their own standalone series called. Uh, uh, Oh, uh, what did Jason call it? Jason, a really awesome name for it. It's not Kings of the Ruin. Was it Self Love? <laughs> it was not <laughs> Self Love. <laughs> self Love. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. This is only my third podcast today. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You say, like you know, you're, after a while, you're like, "Where am I? What am I doing?" And and a biz- two business calls with Jason. So, oh goodness, it's just been nonstop, nonstop talk. Right. What's on the What's on the dock for tomorrow to abandon nonstop talking? Are you going to the range? Did you happen to find ammo? Uh, I have lots of ammo, so I have my junk ammo that I can burn for my Glock 17 and the M1. And I and I do need some range time because my my um, Glock 17s my 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 sidearm skills frankly suck. Like I, I've been doing corrective exercises working with you actually. Well to to get my aim better and things like that like it used to be a lot better but something has gotten into my muscle memory that's making me fling rounds to the left when i shouldn't what's Um, your carry weapon oh are we talking about real life yeah yeah real 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 life it's a glock 17 and then i also have a backup uh, walter p22 who cares fbi (laughs) um yeah but then with 
my M4 and my M1, like, I can't miss. The M1 is tight. I'm not that great with a pistol either. I had a range instructor once told me I'd have better luck throwing the pistol at them than hitting them <laughs> while shooting. He's like, stick to long arms. Yeah, but keep this in mind. It's a really interesting thing. Like, when they break down gunfights and everything like that with sidearms, like, you'd be surprised at how little even press it. Like, in a serious, like, let's start shooting at each other situation, um, it's something like 80% of the rounds hit. See, yeah, that's one of the reasons why, even on my carry weapon or my home defense weapon, uh, you know, both long and and uh, pistol, uh, all of them have lasers built in. So, you know, so so even even if I'm stumbling drunk or or just bleary eyed from waking up to an intruder, um, theoretically, you know, I, I, I as long as the laser's on, it's, I, I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, Mr. Alphabet guys, he lost in a tragic boating accident. So exactly. Yeah. My, my yeah. crimson traces yeah. are all disappeared, and yeah, I don't know where any of them. I that think was. the thing actually that revolution, and I used to think lasers were great and everything like that, but like I was actually um, spending some time with Doc Spears and and uh, Chris Sizelove, who is the the master trainer for Blue Force Gear, hmm? and and he they basically said you've got to put a weapon light on. Oh yeah the weapon light makes all the difference in the world because you can now see like, like, and I used to be the guy, you know, it was like, Oh, I'll put night sights on and night sights just are, they suck. Like, you know, glow in the dark side. They're like, uh, as Chris says, love explaining me. He's like, these are great to find your weapon in the dark. Like, when <laughs> yeah. you're in there. But like once you have a weapon light on and, and you flick that on and that, and the person will not be blind. Like that is not a con. Like they will be blinded, in my opinion. But Doc Spears yells at me when I says that, say this. Um, but it doesn't matter. What the weapon like is there is show you the target you're shooting at, and then that yeah. makes all the difference. But the laser, fine. But you know the la- you know the laser in the dark and stuff like that. I don't know. I I, I would like it. Like I'm gonna buy um, a Glock, like like a 19 long slide, and I'm gonna put uh, a laser on it, but. I think it's probably better just to have a weapon. Light. Yeah, what well, well, put, put it this way: the, the 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 logic behind the laser, it, you know, from my point of view, is is simply, you know, you're you're not trying to aim, you know, for a limb or anything else. You're you're, you're just trying to get center mass, and if you're at an odd angle, you don't want to expose yourself, and you're at home. <laughs> Hopefully, you can see your target, but you know if you're at an odd angle that you're going to do one of these, you can still aim and reliably get, you know, you know, barrel to barrel aiming in the right direction where otherwise it might be awkward. So, you know, it's not the ideal shooting stance is what I'm, you know, what's the worst case scenario. You, you can't open up for an easy shooting stance, you know, to aim. So if you're at an awkward aiming position, laser is going to help you a lot more than any light is going to help you. Yeah, you know, in getting in getting the bullet to the target. And speaking of awkward shooting position, uh, James Ward running into those uh, various caverns and tunnels today by himself. Yeah. I, yes. I was just I was kind of tempted to have a uh, to have his troops have a Vietnam moment <laughs> and be like, yeah, he ran into the line of fire. I don't know what happened. He is he is chaos. You know he. And he he plays like I got Yaxian like he wouldn't cross the bridge. He wanted, he wants to like even in his own play style. He wants to be 
he wants to turn everything into a big investigative production because I think what we're looking at is somebody who would became so gun shy because of Gary, like, you know, like nothing, yeah. nothing can be trusted. Everything has to be tested. And, and, um, so that was, that was kind of fun to watch, but yeah, he's, he, he's definitely cruising to get, you know, um, fragged for sure. Have you seen, uh, what was it? That movie revenge, was it revenge of the nerds where they like off that, uh, the ROTC guy? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. I think that was the movie where, where they did that. It's been a long time. Uh, was it that one? Well, I, I, I just Revenge remember it's the, the nerds, or is it Animal House? Where they Animal House, yeah, yeah Animal they, House. They hit him Animal with the golf House. ball. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna that's gonna be the master sergeant. And that guy shows up years later in um, Twisted Sisters, like first big deal. Does he take it? Yeah, and he's like the dad, and he's like screaming and. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Torments him. Yeah. I used to confuse him and James Woods a lot, but James Woods is different. It's an odd, odd tangent, but you know, speaking of Twisted Sister, I've actually watched an interview of the D. Snyder, the, the lead singer. He, he's like yes. a Christian fundamentalist, very conservative guy. I, I was like, wow. You know, I was listening to him, uh, an interview of him, and I'm like, I would not have pictured the big hair, makeup, weird guy, you know, conservative yeah. guy yeah I was like, alice yeah. cooper same thing yeah 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 it's crazy so yeah we we did that and i think like i think the exciting thing um is the world building that started that you're bringing in well like oh thank you you know we're getting to like and showing the audience the interactive interactive map that was cool but like it's definitely building to you know we're getting closer to the rangers we know that after that there's going to be kind of like a reset where we're going to drop some time and then we're going to become our characters, become our D and D characters. And it seems like we're going to be sent back to an area or, or something to have a mission. So I think playing as these sort of fish out of fish out of water characters um, with modern weapons, but in a fantasy setting that, that, that makes it really fun. I, I, I like the, the interaction of go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I actually like how you're sneaking in things. That, I mean, it, it's not like all, all in one shot we go from modern to fantasy. You know, it, it's kind of like you know the, that leader who's like, "What's the story there? The runes, the you know the 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 dwarf, the conversion." Yeah, yeah you know, we're getting all sorts of. Let, let's assume we know nothing about the story. You know, we're getting hints of weird things are going to happen above and beyond our rune healer type guy. You know, so so it's actually leading nicely towards you know evolving the story into something that might naturally fit feel like a okay we're you know slowly converting into it's not a sudden thing and i actually like yeah. a lot how you did the um the logistics of showing the map and stuff like that. i think that was really effective uh i, th I think that that gave good visuals of yeah you know, where people are where the bad guys are yeah um that that worked really well in, in my opinion. Yeah. I just yeah, remember that guess you right. If you kill Kennedy, mm -hmm. I will find you. All I can hear <laughs> is kill Kennedy. Kill Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that, Jr. Because Captain Kilgosha in the chat is saying, "I hope Jr. Uh, uses a sword it's only good. and then gets killed." Shouting Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> I have to, I mean, I have to wonder. A, I have to wonder about Captain Kilgesha because he seems so homicidal. But like, what if he's like a serial killer 
And like this is how he plays with his victims. Like you know, like I like like once he when he shows up in your room with like duct tape and a rape kit, you know, like he's like, well, I've been telling you all along, I want you dead. Did you, did you not understand? And you're like, oh my gosh. You know? Well, I happen to know who he is. So what I can't tell you as a Canadian, he will apologize before he kills me, and then again to my corpse. There's nothing like hearing. Uh, hey, I'm sorry, dude. It's like the the duct tape rips open. <laughs> yeah. It's funny too because Sparky sixty eight sixty eight in the chat just said Rip Kennedy. Sorry, Jr. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. No, like uh, I think th- this is a fun riff on Forgotten Ruin. You know, as in the if you read, you know, and I think I know Sparky's read Forgotten Ruin because I think he just texted. You know, we just communicated online. He really liked it. Um, but this is a lot of the stuff that's in the book and like the revealing stuff and the, 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 the modern military unit as, as sort of fishes out of water, you know, like having to like figure out, okay, what's, what's all this fantasy stuff mean for the air force? I mean, we're all kind of loopy doopy, you know, like, and we've had a lot of recliner time getting to watch Netflix. So we're we maybe are not struggling as much as the Rangers in the book Forgotten Ruin. Like we're kind of like well, and of course we know we're on D and D, but the Rangers in Forgotten Ruin in the first book, there's moments where like they kind of all struggle to embrace like what's happening, and it's like most defined in like uh, uh, you know, like when when La- and you you use today um, the Hunter's Fellowship, you know, but like when when she does that in the book to the scouts and the scout sergeant the scout sergeant team leader is named sergeant hart with a t but every of course everybody calls him sergeant hard you know because he's that guy he's he's you know just he's gonna outranger everybody and so to have like tinker Bell fairy dust sprinkled on him is physically painful to him. <laughs> it's just, it's just so basically he's the opposite of me i was kennedy <laughs> <laughs> you, you you would embrace the fairy dust. Yeah. So 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 yeah. question because I haven't read the book. Uh, do, Nor will you, you ever. <gasps> ever ever. No, just, uh, I'm just joking. Uh, I'm just joking. So do, do do you actually have you know um, the the main characters as they're evolving? Uh, I mean, and walking well, through. Me... Do, do they play? Do they know anything about D and D, or they're just they're just playing their their their? None of it's a game. So let me fix that first, yeah. and then and then maybe let's. I, I actually wouldn't mind Walter Jr. explaining that because I'd like to actually hear their feedback on it. Yeah, but um, let me get you an audio copy, or do you want an ebook copy? The audio yeah, it, is amaze balls. Like they picked the best narrator. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, audio work then. Okay, I will. I will text you an audio link. Okay, and and you can listen to it, and then maybe you'll write a, a Wargate novel. So if either JR or, or Walt want to explain his question, I will work on texting that link. Do you want to go, JR? Or do you want me to do it? So so repeat the question one more time and I will answer. Uh, but, <laughs> I knew that was but basically, I wanted to know whether or not the main characters, the Rangers, or in the five, uh, yeah, the folks we're playing essentially, do they know anything about D and D or anything? This is they're just playing a straight up game uh, sort or of. Uh, character. So- the the main character is called Talker, and he was a linguist who's like super badass, and somehow enlists as a PFC instead of going like straight to specialist with a, like twelve billion college degrees. Yeah. And so he's a linguist who was rushed through like a abbreviated Ranger school so he could keep up. Mm. But he's he's one of them, but not really. So you can kind of get that everyman perspective, which is generally a lot more fun to read. 
Right. Um, and then they do have one character who's like, that's the Kennedy, who every unit has that one guy that just doesn't quite fit in, isn't quite good enough. Uh, that they everybody secretly wants to like you know blanket party out of the army, and that's him. I I kind of feel like the average person being blanket party out of a ranger unit would probably do okay in a regular light infantry unit. So here's here's but. the deal, right? So Talker um, is was a specialist that was uh, a linguist specialist, and the thing that most people don't realize is that a ranger unit just isn't composed of just infantry guys. You know, there's there's tons of different specialties that go into a ranger unit because uh, the, they might need a Swiss Army approach to certain things that they do. So um, uh, when talk, when you meet Talker, you have to understand that this is one of these specialists, but even though he feels like he doesn't fit in, um, when, when you get to a ranger unit and they see you as a subject matter expert on something that they themselves are not subject matter experts on, you are suddenly um, a prized possession to be protected and then nurtured and then turned into a hardened stone-cold killer. So um, Talker has been kind of take, keeps being tossed into situations where he has to work with these real hardcore guys, you know, the true believers in the scroll life, to kind of bring him to that next level, not as a a guy who's going to be kicking down doors, but as a guy who, if we need him to do some damage, he can do some damage, right? right. So that's that's like Talker's deal. Because the thing is, everybody who's there participating in that unit, with the exception of certain personnel, and I won't spoil why, um, people don't realize a lot of times that you can't just walk into a ranger unit. And you don't get picked yeah. to be in a ranger unit. You have to go through a selection process. Uh, these days, it's called RASP, right? Which is the Ranger Assessment and Selection Program. Uh, back when I went through, it was it was jokingly called RIP, right? Which is the Ranger Indoctrination Process um, or Ranger Indoctrination Pipeline, depending on what time you were there. But everybody said, you know, they they rip they put RIP on your on your headstone because you wouldn't make it through. You're gonna fail. Blah blah blah. Right. So everybody that's a part of this story already has already beaten out 90, 80 to 90 percent of the army to be there. Right. Right. So but, you know, Talker feels like a fish out of water because he sees these guys like the guy he was talking about, Sergeant Hart. Um, he sees these guys as like combat gods, because a lot of times in the beginning sections of the book, he doesn't have a lot to do because there's nobody for him to talk to. Right. Um, but then you got Kennedy. Now Kennedy is is one of those anomalies um, that uh, you get in a Ranger unit. That's part of the Rangers themselves, but he's he's like he's he's got like a brain on another level. Blah blah blah. And to fit in when he was before his time as a Ranger, he played D and D. You know, yeah. and and that's what Kennedy's deal is. So like these guys. Um, these guys are all like in it to win it, blah, 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 when they hit the ground and all of a sudden shit goes sideways because all of a sudden the Lord of the Rings start knocking and they're not <laughs> happy that they're there, right? So what ends up happening is um, they turn to this kid who play, used to play D&D &D pretty heavily 
Yeah. And he starts informing their combat tactics because it's like, all right, well, these are orcs that we're dealing with, and they usually, you know, do this, and that right. might—that's probably a troll. We need something to burn that son of a bitch because blah right. blah blah. All right, all right. You know, so it's not that they're—it's not a lit RPG by any stretch of the right. imagination. Right. Instead, it's something much worse. It's—it's yeah. it's somebody. Somebody took reality. Yeah. And some of these things from this fantasy game are, are actually, you know, happened. And there's reasons for that and blah, blah, blah. Right. But, I right. mean, it's a, a very well-done story. Um, the uh, the rangers in it are believable and personable, even if you don't like them for whatever reason, like yeah. uh, Kurtz and, and Hart, you know. But then everybody's fa- – you, you know everybody's fan favorite in there. Yeah. Um, because he's uh, he's the guy that went native religion on people in the beard. I'm just jealous I didn't think of that when right? I was in. So um, he you know he he wanted he wanted to believe in a certain you know there's there's a certain way that some of these JSOC the SOCOM guys <laughs> Marsoc guys you know when we when we have a loss in our community you know a common expression is till Valhalla. Right, yeah. there's one guy in the unit that takes that to like the nth degree, and, right. and just like, but you know, you, you just like in in any military unit, a military unit is a microcosm of society. You're gonna right. have your um, exceed and excel types. You're gonna have your yeah. laid back types, and then you're gonna have your downright bastards. So, yeah. um, and that's that's really what uh, that's really what is exemplary about this book is yeah. that you get. You know, you get that microcosm, but at the same time, you know, it's set along the backdrop of, um, you know, Tolkien. The only thing, right. the only thing is, orcs and and whatever. Uh, everybody's tough till you're staring down the business end of a, a 240 Bravo. Right. You know, and it's really well done. Really well. All right. Done. So, and and, so and, I, and basically, these you know, the soldiers are are treating this El Bizarro token, you know, come to life stuff as like. Uh, okay, just a different kind of mission, weird ass shit that's coming at me. At and, some, uh, yeah, at some point, yeah. you know. But but the thing is, you know, it doesn't start to hit them until like the sun comes up periodically. Because yeah. in the beginning, it's just crazy assholes with big butcher knives coming at right. them across a river, even though they're laying them down like chess right. pieces on a board. You know, it, it it isn't until like a kind of special mission shows itself, right? That uh, they're like, oh shit, we have a problem here, and this is what's really going on. And right. the thing about the book is that um, you know they, they, you have this this reason why things are kind of sideways in this in this area where they land. And for some people, um, at the end of the book, everything is the same. They were you know except for the battle battles that take place. They started as a human being. They finished as a human being, and you know they have to deal with the losses, stressors, and right. implications of combat. But some guys, like right when they landed, started to change. Other right. guys, the change might come later. You know, and it yeah. really depends on the individual. Like one guy, and it seems to, and this is my own personal opinion on the story. You know, um, kind of like my own head cheese about it. Um, yeah. I think the more severe you are uh, in your, um, in you know, in your whatever it is, you know, uh, because like one of the guys um, takes to magic, like, yeah. like that, right? Yep. And needs almost no training to affect it, right? So I, yeah. I think that 
um, based on what, I, what I've read of the book, and I've read the book three times so far. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, it seems to me the more severe you are, the faster the ruin latches its teeth onto you and wants to strip you out of that old life right. to suit you into this one. You know? Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's, but that's my <clears> Kennedy <throat> starts off the novel. There's always a guy in any kind of military unit, battalion or whatever, who has become like the sergeant major's personal pet project <laughs> to either wash out or whatever. And so, there was like if you ever read Catch Twenty Two, there was a character I can't I can't remember the name of him, but he was the guy who was always like digging the latrine ditch. But he was kind of the <laughs> Greek chorus of what was going Achoo. on. Sorry. Yeah, and so so that's like like all the Rangers are like you know fortifying their positions. They they, they know this big orc force is coming at them um, from drones, but they just see him as like, well, what are these Hodges all about? We know we've gone forward in the future. Maybe these are Morlocks. Maybe right. this is against humanity. <clears throat> but Kennedy from the bottom of the latrine slit is is saying they're orcs. Like he's telling them what he thinks it is. Right. But he's only telling like the lower enlisted come by to either like commiserate with him or, you know, like laugh at him, or, you know, like none of the command and, and so Kennedy's like 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 observations are are moving you know, information always moves vertically. Right. And so you know, like the command staff is like, you know, like, no, they're not orcs. You know, like this is stupid. But the more things that he says, the more it becomes confirmed. Like, he kind of knows what's going on. And then, like, the fun moments are when people come to the command section. And they're like, well, Kennedy says they're race, <laughs> and like they have to be like. But he is a word. Like he's the guy we're trying to kick out of the range of the time. You know, like. There's a reason he's on extra duty all the time. Yeah. Right. But as time progresses and the things that he does, it, and he's just a minor character. He's not a major character. He's a minor character. You take that he, back. <laughs> you take your dirty whore mouth words back. Oh my um, God. You know, but but he, he but he's he's a character that I think, like everybody in that book is somebody that uh, that I knew or is archetype of. I I served with Rangers. Um, I served with regular, not not was a ranger or anything like that, but I was around range. So I have a certain outside opinion of what they are like, and and I think the, the, that that that's captured. There's a couple of different types of rangers, but generally there's all selected in a certain way. For a certain, and they're not like regular infantry, right. and they're not like regular, you know, like like a lot of other people. But I also knew a lot of officers too. So right. the officers are in there, the sergeant majors are in there, the different pie. You you always have the guy like Tanner, who who is another type of Greek chorus, which is, which is the guy who's really good and everybody likes, but he's the guy that's that's always getting DUIs, you and know, ex wives, of, <laughs> yeah, and stripper ex wives and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And then you have a special forces operator in there who, um, we won't spoil it for you, but you know, like he's changing and he doesn't even know it, but but Walt's absolutely right, like. Um, the, it, the more specific you are, the more it, you're likely to become what you're going to become. There's right. someone in there that basically is 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 a, is a wear berserker, yeah. and and that only comes out in a very extreme stressful moment. And there's other things going on too. Some one of the one of the people that was was kind of helping me, um, this this ranger captain, uh, the guy who ran that outpost that he used to go out to Jr. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, like, have nightmares about Route Irish. Yeah. And he was like, he was like 4% of the, this floor shouldn't be changing. He was saying like, he'd figured it out kind of like, Oh, that's an interesting number. So, you know, like that should be happening. But, but if you have been in the military, you probably recognize all of these people, you know, and that's, I, I think like, that's what, you know, I do in all my military writing through galaxy's edge or strange company. Like, like those are people that you know because they really do exist. Like those are those are those are really the people, and they're and they're you know like you do get the true believers. Like it it, it, it maybe not necessarily, it's I'm, I shouldn't say this. It's not necessarily specific to to ranger units. Like you get true believers in line infantry. You know like the guys that you know. But those are the guys that are usually in you know, the S1 filling out a 41 for, you know, course selection and things like that. You know, right. they're, they're using the infantry to get there, but you, you would also get that kind of guy as, you know, as, as the E7 running the S1, you know, that just, just people who embrace, I mean, that was back in my day, people who embrace professionalism, you know, and then you get, you know, you know, deadbeat shitty Lieutenant, you know, who was running the medic section who came out of West Point and just wanted nothing to do, but got out of the army. You're like, wow, that's weird. So I don't think that's actually a character that's in there like that. And you, and you couldn't write about Rangers and ever have someone who didn't want to be there. That's the one thing that's, that's not in that book because that's the difference between Rangers and everybody else. Like all the Rangers want to be there on, you know, the people who would go on this mission would be there are, are the kind that would want to be there. Now the command staff or the command element might not want them there like Kennedy. Right. But no one there, like, like someone said to me, like, there's a scene in there where they're all kind of given the briefing about what they're going to do. And, and I, I wrote it as like, it was an option. And he's like, that's not part of this community. There's, there's no, like, do you want to do this? You know, they've already, they, you wouldn't be there if you were a person that need to be asked if you wanted to do that. The motivation is so much higher than like regular military units, and that's because yeah. you gotta you gotta fight for the position, because like right. uh, I don't know how it is nowadays. Uh, when I enlisted, um, you had to you had to have a certain GT score, general testing score, to be considered for Ranger training. Then, if you managed to get it in your contract, because they only allowed a certain percentage per year to get it in their contract. You would go through the pipeline for one station training, and you're basically going to be training for six to eight months before you even get a vacation or a time off or whatever in a training environment, which sucks. But on top of that, right, you have, when you go to specialized schooling, like, you got to go to airborne school before you go to selection. So you go to, you go to airborne school, and let's say um, they have a backlog of uh, students. So now you got to wait two weeks for that where you're cleaning latrines and you're not even, you know, you've built yourself up in this mind as this 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, whatever, however it is you, you go in. And, you know, you're going to get in there and you're going to get after it immediately. And now you have to keep that motivation up through scrubbing floors, through mowing grass, just to get into the school before you get into the school where you might mm. graduate to get into a ranger u- unit. You haven't even been considered. Ranger school is still way off. And then you get there and you, you know, once you get through all this training, you, you know, you get through your, um, 
at the time, uh, RIP was three weeks when I went through. You know, you get through that three weeks of training. Hopefully, everything goes well. You don't get hurt. Um, we had a guy, a helmet fell on his knee from, like, it wasn't properly strapped on. And his knee was shattered. So, I mean, that kid was immediately out. I mean, you you name it, anything can go wrong. Um, so you find... These kids make videos while while waiting in the in-processing for RAS. Yeah. On how, how to get through RAS. Like... It's like, and, and, you know, like, I think the Rangers of, of Walt and my, my day were like, they were very high performance. Like the Rangers now are trained to pro athlete levels oh, to yeah. the point that they, they have their own private gyms. They use enhanced body training, like well beyond anything that you would think like would be part of the military experience. Like I'm talking like pro athlete levels like stuff you see in the just NFL. infer i'm not yeah i'm not gonna say what it is because i don't say it but just infer from that that's what they do yeah and like they have their own private gyms they have trainers in there specifically for specific muscle groups they have like if you push yourself in training there's three or four ther- therapists to go after you immediately to get you corrected for this sort of pro level. but let me tell you the most insane ranger story about how badly someone wanted to be in a ranger you know i've ever heard in my life so I went to OCS for a year, graduated, got my commission. So I know what it means to be an officer, as in like what you have to do to get that. There's a guy who was a Ranger company commander and did his hitch as a Ranger company commander and then turned around, resigned his commission, enlisted because he just wanted to be a weapons team sergeant in a Ranger unit. So it was like the high, he, he no longer wanted to be an officer. He just realized like my, like, because he knew like, once he completed that, he was going to be rotated out. He was going to become a staff, a officer. staff officer. Never, you know, you know, none of that. So what he said is, fuck my commission. I want to be a team sergeant. That's insane as an officer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick, when you were doing your line unit stuff, you missed the one type of uh, uh, guy in an infantry line unit that's just regular. It's the one who's always saying, but did you see what my ASVAB score was? Like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the guy everyone no. wants to stick a sock in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 also my favorite guy in the uh, the the unit is Escobar the Armor, who the last <laughs> I ever heard of that guy. Um, he pulled out this one guy's MT long slide, which that guy you know was his coveted gun. And the last I ever heard of him was in the Tacoma newspaper when he caught his ex wife or his wife cheating on him, and he went to kill her with this dude's gun from the armory because you used to be able to keep your I don't know how it is now. Yeah. But you could keep your, if you live in the barracks, you could keep your weapons in the armory. And he went and took this guy's gun, and the last thing he was quoted, we ever saw him again in the paper was, I hope you can run faster than I can shoot, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, did, yeah. uh, did you see what I wrote in the chat, Walt? I'm going to give you a heretical heart attack. Um, are you talking about uh, my scrolls? My, my, yeah, my, my scroll said Meal Team 6 with the green bean coffee <laughs> rocker. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, so that... you know, the, but but the element like Rothman, it's it's whether it's Rangers, like you know, and I think like if you were to write something, you you had a specific experience encounter with the military. Mm-hmm. It's not just Rangers. It's like it, it, the the concept of what Wargate is is it's 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 modern military in in fantasy setting, right, right, right. with with a perpetual taco machine, and at that point you can play and have fun and come up with anything. Right. I, I just chose to use something that I, I have a lot of respect for and some knowledge of 
and 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 then relate that. But I think you could do anything. But yeah. it's it's all military units in a certain way, even you know levels of high degree of motivation or whatever. Just like all adventuring parties to blunt or segue back to D and D, are kind of all the same in a certain way. They're just flavors, but you know, it, 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 thief gonna thief, ranger gonna ranger. Hell yeah! I so yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, the the Italian guy in uh, Soprano. The, Soprano. Yeah, he uh, he's he definitely needs to be a thief. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like and can you do the like, voice, Walt? Uh, well, he has two voices. Yeah. He, has, he has his voice that he's goofing off with everybody, which is Mario. Yeah, it's me, Mario. Which, <laughs> but then you know, like if you listen to the when the narrator does his actual Siciliano voice, it's kind of like Walt. He's you know he's he's, he's you know kind of like Andy Garcia in Untouchables. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was. I was dying in the scene in Forgotten Ruin when when he's doing his thing and and. He, he, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it because it's just no. he's, he's like well, I got this. He's okay. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, my I, know which, I know which line which which line Jr. likes. My favorite was actually when you showed them the uh, what was it the gnome or the troll or whatever that tried the coke. It's a moon juice. Oh, it, it's the a, goblin. It's goblin. Yeah. Goblin. Yeah. I had some uh, Jar Jar Binks flashbacks with the accent, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like the narrator in your spot about him, Jr. Like he's awesome. Like at first, everybody was a little too Texan for me, um, and that's not really the ranger the way rangers speak. Like they actually speak a little more direct and and and. Uh, in my experience, a little more direct and a little more crisply, but you know, like I like, I like the, I like, I like his Southern and here's here was a feature we discovered. His voice expands the hours of the recording, which you want as an author. It makes the book longer, yeah. <laughs> but like we had him pegged at 17 hours. He came in at 20 hours. Oof, he wow. speaks slower. Maybe, yeah. maybe he thought they were Texas Rangers and not Army Rangers, oh and he got God, a little confused. Man. You have oh, to be yeah. super careful, careful with narrators because they make dumb mistakes like that. Oh, in fact, yeah. he makes a couple of mistakes in that audiobook that are just like make me cringe. So, so what did you think was going to be my favorite scene then, Nick? Uh, I took an arrow to the knee. Oh, I love that one too. That was number two. But I took an arrow to the knee. I was laughing. Yeah. I was dying. It's like my Skyrim is being recognized as RPG. <laughs> and Walt's probably cringing. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And we're hoping it. I mean, hey, the initial feedback is good. We'll know next Saturday how, how it is. And, like, this was a big thing for Jason and I because we funded the production on our own because we believed in it. And we see sort of cancel culture and what they're doing. So, like, Anybody listening right now, like we know we beat this horse to death, but you actually could go over to the Galactic Outlaws web website right now and buy direct from us and strike a blow at cancel culture and keep it for yourself. And uh, the audio book will be out from us and you can buy that on Audible next uh, next uh, Saturday. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And uh, Rothman, I just sent you the link for you. Yeah, to yeah I got that. So Captain uh, Kilgosha in so, the chat wants to know, is there a scene where the Rangers find the sirens who tried to just seduce them? Uh, those are Dependas. They are hopefully not in the Forgotten Ruin. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. They may. They. I, I Talker wants a certain one. 
Yeah, like like uh, yeah, talker like 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 Jr. is to <laughs> yeah. so talker is to last of autumn, um, but it, it, there was like Walt's kind of reading. Well, he's kind of Walt is reading uh, right now, book two, and uh, have there is a mention. Um, no, I need to write that tomorrow. Okay, I need to work. He's on reading that a tomorrow. couple book twos, but there I don't know if you got the mention though, like there's more shadow wealth women that came out of the work like they were hiding like we thought it was just last bottom so i think there's going to be some ranger shadow wealth loving going on <laughs> but the funny thing too is like there's a line where it's like Dr. wonders like what if there's only female orcs and he's all spoiler that wouldn't stop the rangers yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep it's true it's true one Any my, old port in a storm. Oh my god! We one, actually, go ahead. I was gonna say one of my one of my bosses I worked for one of the last guys who had received a um, an on site commission. So he was an enlisted guy, and they commissioned him to a lieutenant when all the officers in his section during Vietnam were killed. Last war, they did that too. Yeah, and uh, you know, eventually he came home and went through OCS because he had college and stuff. But you know. Um, but yeah, he was just a really awesome dude. But anytime we went anywhere, his wife was like, "You're going, right?" I said, "Well, yeah, I have to. I'm on a security detail." She's like, "Okay, good, because you know how he gets." And I'm like, <laughs> "I don't." You know, <laughs> we get to Panama, and it, it was, and it was like, you know, you see these four girls get off the elevator. One of them was wearing the only thing she was wearing, like a dress, is a black t-shirt with the ranger tab across the front of it <laughs> and we're like what planet did you come off of and he's just like hey i'm like no sir you have a meeting this way you need to stay away from those <laughs> he's like yeah but you know local relations you can locally relate later uh when you're on the phone to your wife he was like you suck at this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're still married today that i don't know <laughs> uh so yeah jr how's your love life going just fine thank you <laughs> I, I i i i almost said something uh, yeah. <laughs> we actually so when we were doing convoy transfers in iraq a lot of times if it's sensitive items we just bring someone from the unit we were transporting their stuff from because it was easier than transferring everything over every which way especially if it was other services so we did a couple uh resupplies where we were escorting ranger equipment so we had rangers with us and they would get like a hard-on in the middle like i remember we were in the middle of a firefight and the guy just yanks our gunner down and climbs in he's like i got this I'm like fuck dude yep we don't get a lot of fun time come on let us have our moment it's kind of their no he did not let us have our moment <laughs> let me let me buy a pack of gum and show you how to chew it <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about like that guy. Yep. Yeah, that's 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 how the pros are. They they're just convinced that they're the only ones that can do it. And yeah. he was he and, was a corporal and told me to just shut up and drive when I was a sergeant sitting there as a security team leader. He's like, "Shut up and drive, Sarge." I'm like, "Okay." Well, that's how guys in in sort of like once you get to the 82nd um that culture comes in and they don't care. So like Doc Spears was telling me like when he was at the 82nd, um, okay, he went into the PX one time. He went into the PX one time and there were these two guys from the 82nd, Marin Berets, like walking in. And 
they passed this NCO who was clearly, you know, not 82nd, but he was wearing jump boots. So this was early 80s and this was like a thing. You oh, can God. imagine this. This would not happen now. Um, especially because the NCO was ethnic. And uh, so they threw him down. They, they were riggers. They completed rigor school. So they threw him down, pulled out their little rigor tools, cut his boots off and threw him in the trash and called him a nasty leg. He was an E6. And they were like, they were like specialists. <laughs> all I'm saying is leg lives matter. All right. Yeah. So like once you get to that, that, that culture, like, like, you know, like with the guys who really buy into it, no, they're, they, they, but they're, they're there for that reason. They're selected for that reason. And so, yeah, that's, that guy would, as a corporal, tell you to shut up. You could pursue it. You could, you could stand him in front of the general and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you would be ultimately the loser. Yeah. Well, so that was the, that was the mission. I got a article 15 for reckless driving in a combat zone. That's because I was, I was, board. I was aggressively pursuing the, uh, the ambush by driving at it. And that was reckless. <laughs> there could have been a minefield. You're, right. you're in danger. You're in danger of harming the ambush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had bigger things to worry about than a corporal that told me to shut up. <laughs> now, um, what do you what do you think will will happen when uh, the next time you guys are on an ambush in a game, and uh, uh, Benny the master <laughs> yeah, Captain, sergeant Captain Ward goes yeah uh, starts starts crazy. charging in. <laughs> I mean, he um, might accidentally take some friendly fire to the rear. Oops. <laughs> I think I I think I think he's cruising to get in over his head. You know, um, he he only survived today because he's got the full daggers. Yeah. So what happens when those guys Yeah, and they only have so much ammo. Now, he found himself at two forty today, but you know if he if he you know, if he doesn't know how to employ a two forty, he'll burn through that out fast and oh, yeah. and and things like that. So, you know, um he he's gonna get in over his head and you know, once so it'll it'll be interesting, but uh And that's the thing he's, too. he's definitely you... making some character choices. Like like we were talking like berserker. ear cutting and the yeah berserker barbarian, but like uh, and that's the thing too. You guys found that you know uh, that that dwarf was using a two forty and had ammo for it. Um, you know that based on when you picked up all the links and and spent brass and stuff like that, um, some of those links were chewed through. So like um, he's recycling the links, which you can't do forever you can maybe do oh, that once yeah. twice you're gonna get jams yeah. yeah things are gonna start jamming so like there's actually a mechanic um and you never said there was a spare barrel either. there is no spare barrel. <clears throat> yep yeah well, so you can uh, only so, piss on it so many times when it's glowing <laughs> so here so here's a question so what what would be the uh, game mechanics with regards to i mean normally when you're you're you know, swinging a sword, you know, one shot, you know, one roll, you know, you hit or you miss. Now, if you're obviously using an automatic weapon, you know, theoretically you're spewing out, let's say, uh, you know, three-round bursts, you know, ten-round bursts, whatever. I've... How, how, how does that affect your rolls? And I mean, like, how, how do you treat that as the DM? Okay, they, um, like I said, a lot, of, a lot of what you're seeing now, um, because you guys are coming from the modern world into the right. D&D setting, you guys are seeing um, rules that uh, I've taken from Pete Spahn's um, 
a World War II book, which is called Operation White Box, right? Right. It was White Box D&D with um, an overlay of, like, World War II combatives. And then uh, uh, myself and uh, some some of my friends over at uh, Fanning Goat Games, we did a modern adaptation of that. And the first uh, character group that we did was the Rangers. So um, it allowed us to it allowed me to create the the characters that you guys are using um so uh there's three types of automatic fire in operation white box um there's suppressive fire there's automatic weapons fire and then there's uh debilitated fire for vehicles um what about spray and pray well that you can do with anything you know, no, I mean, I mean, does it have its separate category, or would you throw that into? Suppressive? It's not. It's not automatic weapon, and it's not. Um, it's not. It's it's a se- totally separate category. Um, right. So, um, according to the rules, uh, a lot of that acts like a breath weapon, which is why you get a saving mm. throw, right? Okay. But what's happening is every time you guys now now you've been really lucky. Now, what's happening is there's a there's an ammo mechanic in the game, right? So every time. Now, the only one who's really been going, um, really been going and telling me, hey, I'm blowing through a magazine is Nick. Yeah. Right? Because he's just like, I'm emptying a magazine on this dude. Yeah. (laughs) But did you strike a heroic pose? (laughs) So that becomes a breath weapon attack at that point. Right. Of course. I'm an Air Force officer. Yeah. You know? Um, So, um, but what happens is the automatic weapons that are actually geared toward that that you can pull now if he's dumping doing a mag dump mm. on a guy right there's a mechanic for that but there's uh there's also mechanics for weapon failure and ammo failure so basically you run out now he's <laughs> telling me automatically like hey i'm dumping the gun yeah right now you guys i've been rolling for you guys because i'm not making you keep track of rounds right right um but what's happening is i'm making a roll and every time you guys use your weapons i make a roll if it hits this certain number, that magazine's done. Right. Right. So um, eventually you guys are going to run out of rounds. Do you factor in? So, like, I remember a couple yeah. of firefights where Mama, she seized up and you're <laughs> manually charging every round to get that out there. Is there a factor for that into the game mechanic? Yes. Yep. And then there is a quote from Sparky that I want you to read. So, and he wants you. Story time. My girlfriend, who's ex army and a DD gamer, also has a deep seated yet hilarious hatred for Steven Seagal. Okay. Uh, so when I read about Forgotten Ruin as an RPG, I just knew we'd have to play it and I'd have to be, uh, have to base a character off his seal and under siege. Why would you do that? Uh, just want to yes. see how fast she tries and frags him. <laughs> I quote her I will stab him in the throat with a stiletto heel. Should be entertaining. If you let your girlfriend play the CIA officer, Attached to a mission, she might have the stiletto heels with which to stab Steven Seagal the seal. And uh, in the Forgotten Ruin book, which you should absolutely go uh, to galaxiesedge.us or forgottenruin.com so that you can um, you can order that right now. Um, <laughs> Captain Kagoshi is saying, film that game session so we can post it on YouTube. Absolutely. <laughs> so... Um, uh, if you pick up the book, there there is a they uh, the Rangers in the book actually encounter um, somebody from the SEAL mission. So uh, yeah, I don't know if it's so Steven as, Seagal. as a as a martial artist, I just want you to know I study his uh, his kung fu. You studied Aikido. 
Aikido. I don't know. I was just joking around because it yeah. looks fake. I don't know if no, it's no, no. He, he's, he's actually the real thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Aikido. Okay. Yeah. I was just trying to be funny, but yeah. yeah. Uh, he, I'd like to add, having seen pictures recently, he was the real thing. He well, was uh, the real yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah. He, so he, now you're saying I have a chance. He was now. The he, he's he's wearing, turning, he wears moo-moos now. Yeah, he he, he's turning a little puffy lately. So so I have a chance is what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I, I love you those. You, you can take, you know, like, yeah. I love the videos where the, where the guy who does um, Aikido um, tries to take on a professional boxer. Yeah. Um, because it never turns out like the Aikido guy thinks it's going to. You know, so yeah, that's uh, that's always a thing. Uh, there's a, there's a reason a lot of us don't wear, you know. Nicole and Steven Seagal. What's that? Yeah, Nicole and Steven Seagal have this. Nicole and Steven Seagal have the same birthday. They have a what? I'm sorry, you broke same up. Same birthday. Oh, oh, same birthday. Here, let me let me. Okay. Yeah, let me reload here. Maybe that's the problem. Am I? Do I have lag? No, no, no. no. You're, good. you're sounding good now. You're good. Yeah, you broke up there oh, okay. for a second. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Nicole and Steven Seagal have the same birthday. Oh. They're birthday buddies. Do they? Do they? Me hang... and Ted Danson have the same birthday. Do you get to hang out? No. <laughs> do you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you Steven totally. Seagal would be a fun cat to hang out with. He has the. So, uh, I bet it would be a Louisiana trip. or something. He would make me wish I sold the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the only person I know of that I have the same birthday is, uh, so you know Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, Guilfoyle? That, uh, what, what's her name? The, Gavin Newsom's ex-wife. Yes, yes. We, we, we share exactly the same birthday. It's bizarre. That's so, the only one I know. Sparky6868 is saying he can't, uh, he doesn't know if he'll be able to, uh, to film that uh that video. Hey, Sunokin just subscribed to tier one. Thanks, bro. Or girl. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, Sparky6868 is saying uh, he doesn't know if he can film that uh, that gig with the game because she'll kill me mid-game while doing an impression of Steven Seagal. So, so, so how, how many I mean, position... we might pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> so how many position trigger group do we have on our Mark 18? Um... I'm not going to go into that, that that kind of depth. Okay, all right. All right. You know, because I mean, because yeah. at at that point, you you might as well play the uh, the first uh, game. Jr. told me he was going to try and run for his kids. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, have you ever heard of a game called GURPS? I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. It stands for the Generic Universal Role Playing System. Yeah. Um, and it can be played very bare bones, but most of the time, uh, when you encounter the rule book. Um, they have rules for everything, like um, weapon jam, uh, clearing weapon jam. Y- you name it, they have they have something that goes toward it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. very complex. So yeah, if you want to start talking a three position trigger with yeah with um, custom internals and and file down seer and all this other crazy nonsense, right, 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 you know, right, right. you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get a level of complexity that adds to time and that's the thing that most people don't realize the more complexity you build into a game the longer the game takes to play sure no i was gonna uh, the only reason i was asking was you know do, do do we have a burst mode where we can do the three you know three shot or or, oh, or is it 
Yeah, you yeah. guys are shooting Mark 18, so you have yeah. you have safe, semi, and three-round burst. I'm not familiar okay. with the Mark 18. That wasn't something right. I used it's while a, I was in. It's, a, it's an M4 with okay. um, uh, some kicked-up internals. Okay. So when I was in Iraq in 05, the M4 were pretty much uh, senior level people, and most of us just got the M16. Yeah, you got the A2s. Some of us. There was a few A1s in the armory. I believe it. As long as no um, one, as long as no one had an A3. <laughs> we had uh, a Marine. We got we got saddled with a Marine Corps combat camera, and uh, when he showed up, I was like, "Dear Lord, a musket!" And he was like, "Yeah, don't hate." So he was given an M16A4, and I was just like, "Dear Lord, man!" That's the one with the Picatinny rails built. Yeah, in. it's got all the rails and stuff like that, but it still had the big long stock at the end. And I'm like, I'm like, hey. We had some of those, too. I asked him, too. I said, hey, uh, I'll sign for it. You want to trade guns? <laughs> he was like, why would you want this? I'm like, range, bro, range. Yeah. You know. So, so you, 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 you guys were all in before, after, what? Uh, no, before Scars and stuff like that. Yeah. They had them, but you had to be uh. secret, super secret squirrel to get them. Oh, okay. Uh. Um, uh, so that was when I was the sec because I got out. I had a 10-year break in service. Okay. Um, and then my wife um, called out right. of ten, yeah, yeah, temporary insanity, and I went back yeah. in. <laughs> um, but uh, when I went through the first time, um, you know, you you have like a whole weapons orientation thing that you do right when you're getting into RIP or RASP, as it's called now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest kick I got was being able to fire an MP5 SD SD3. I got to fire, which is oh, those uh, are fun. Yeah, so silenced yeah, yeah. and suppressed HK nine millimeter. Yep. And uh, that was just a load of fun. But then, um, you know, you start getting into variations and stuff like that. So most of us carried M16A2s when we were when we were working, and then. Um, the squad leaders had uh, car 15s, so they were M4s with a fully automatic selection on the selector switch. Right. Right. We um, weren't cool enough for that. Well, that this is back in the 90s, you know, so you ah. weren't even at high school yet. <laughs> nope. <clears throat> so, um, you know, we had those. Um, uh, and before they went to the Carl Gustav, some of us were still being trained on the 90-millimeter recoilless rifle from World War II. Oof. My grandfather fired one of those. Yep. I fired one of those. Did you? Did you in World AT4s? War Two? No. What's, what's, what's that, Nick? Did you guys have AT fours? We did have AT fours. Um, what did they replace that with? I didn't. They just replace that with something. The AT four. Yeah. Everybody's going to the Carl Gustav because it's reusable yeah. and it's it's uh, it's easier to carry. It's easy to teach. Um, the uh, <laughs> imagine being you... early. Imagine being early eighties army, which you know, like I was trained at the end of that. Where they actually told you with a straight face, this law rocket is 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 AT. And you're like, are you kidding? Yeah, exactly. Did you, did you even fire a law rocket? Did you ever have one? Oh yeah, oh yeah, several times. Because yeah. uh, what do you call it? Because what of their portability, um, special forces yeah. have been using them. Like, in fact, there are Marine Corps units that still use the law for um, uh, asset denial and building entry. I've never fired. Yeah, them. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I fired them, and and they're they're fun, but they're like like if you had an honest sergeant, he would say like, like seriously, don't ever point this at a tank. Yeah, like, don't shoot it. Comes down to that. Like, <laughs> so like, you know, have you guys? Like, you will just get his attention. That's all you're going to do. Did you did you see that movie in the army now in the '90s with Polly Shore? 
Yeah. Where, uh, there's that yeah. famous scene where he fires the AT4, but he, it's idiot-proof soldier. Anybody could fire, and he puts it on his shoulder backwards and blows <laughs> up his truck. Yeah, <laughs> they they were easy to mess those up if you weren't careful. <laughs> Was that our truck drill, Sergeant? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, Polly Shore always yeah you know, made me very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't a big fan of Polly Shore. I I didn't watch him when I I do remember Ruffin, when MTV. You're such a, an anti-Semite. I know, I know. I I do yeah. remember when MTV played music videos, but I I wasn't uh, old enough to be allowed to watch his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, the AT4 was easy to mess up if you weren't careful. Yeah. Well, only if you didn't actually employ the sights. <laughs> I watched the guy start to do that backwards, even with the sights employed. Uh, yeah. That's no. Okay. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't speak to that because uh, when I got back, I had to go through an, an improvised school right before I deployed to Iraq because um, I had to reclassify my MOS. Uh, but they they couldn't do one portion of it, so I had to act as a range safety. And when I got on the range, we were we were helping a logistics unit do their shooting before they shipped out. So you know, I'm watching this lady and blah blah blah, and I'm like, "Excuse me, staff sergeant, you seem to be having a problem." None of her rounds, you know, and she kept trying to eject, and the, the the pistol was jamming, and it's really hard to mess up a Beretta M9. Yeah. So, so I eject the magazine, and the rounds are loaded backwards. Of course. And I'm like, uh, I said, I said to her, I said, look, um, <laughs> I will absolve you of your sin. She goes, excuse me. I said, staff sergeant, I don't care what your rank is. If I walk back there and tell your boss that you loaded this backwards, they're gonna relieve you. Yeah. So she was like, uh, uh, I said, look, I'll absolve you of your sin. But you have to promise me you're going to get training on this weapon before you, because this is all you're going to have when you're over there. They're not going to give you a rifle. And she's like, "Well, how do you know that?" I'm like, "You can't load this. You, I don't even know how you you're standing here as an E6." I saw some of that when I was a range safety as a young corporal. Oh. I got in trouble for telling a staff sergeant that it wasn't one per pay grade she had to shoot on the target because she literally out of 40 only hit it six times. And then it wasn't like it was the paper, <laughs> but it wasn't the actual silhouette. Oh God. So she did might have you, given him like new earring holes. Did anyone see that picture someone posted in the GE fan club of like that Sergeant Major female who no. was like who, who was wearing her 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 old, you know, chest rig and everything backwards? What? Uh, Wait, uh, her yeah. how do you make Sergeant Major if you're that soup sandwich? That's what everybody was asking, oh, but it is a whole God. it is a whole even even like what was your last day of service, JR? Uh Oh seven February, that's when I was officially like medically like, discharged. But I understand it. Like this, the army now is like night and day. And well, you made a comment today. You said like there's a whole war against the SOCOM community. I, I kind of have smelt that. I did, I haven't heard anybody say it yet. Yeah, but, uh, it's, the, it's the military's corrupt. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, the SOCOM guys yeah. kind of want to do this, and everybody who's like their boss is like no this is wrong and the socom guys are all like well how the fuck would you know you don't do this you know and yeah. it's it's yeah it's not good um that like a lot no, of my friends who are in um who are still in um are army adjacent so they work for people like the dod and stuff like that um because we're a lot of us are too damn old now to actually be you know running and gunning um, but like some of their kids who have been like, you know, my, my dad was a ranger. I'm going to be a damn ranger. And they're getting into battalion now. And it's just like, uh, dad, you wouldn't believe what's going on, you know? And it, yeah. 
there's there's a uh, there's a huge culture war, especially with um, trying to force uh, certain uh, square pegs into round holes. You know, like people who do not belong there. They're trying to put into those positions, and it's like, look, this isn't like being in the hundred and first airborne. You know, you have to prove yourself every day. You know, and they might be able to get through a one-month school or whatever, but, you know, when push comes to shove, it, they can't do it every day. It's, you're, and there's, a, there's, there's restrictions. If you are operating in a, in a tier one slot, and I don't mean tier one as in, like, tier one, super secret squirrel, black bag, blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking that. I'm talking, like, you know, the guys that we know about that we can quote, Special Forces, Army Rangers, United States Navy SEALs, Marine Raiders, MARSOC, though, all those guys, right? Uh, even, like, pararescue and stuff like that. They have physical requirements they cannot lower because it, it directly relates to the job. Mm-hmm. If, you can't, if you can't make that work, then guess what? You're not going to work there. You know, and and there's there's um, there is a kind of like a backdoor thing going on right now where they want them to lower those standards, and yeah. a lot of these people are fighting back, and they're just they're just not going to do it. But like certain things, like um, uh, like like even little things that they're trying to chip away as like a way to cause a crack to to widen the fissure, um, certain logos. You know, and certain uh, terminology is being phased out because, um, you know, the uh, the special people who need special help for special spaces and all this other stuff are saying yeah. we don't like those. Yeah, we don't like those yeah. words. And the the SOCOM guys are like, who the fuck are you? You know, yeah. and and everybody yeah. else is like, well, you know, things have to change. You don't work with us. You don't need to have a say in this, you know. But we we saw some of wait till they start changing the division patches. Oh God! And things like that. You think like the like you know second? You think they're gonna keep that Indian? Yeah, exactly. And 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 all American. Oh man, that that triggers me. Just hearing American. (laughs) (laughs) So so when we were in, see you later. Imagine that. Like the eighty second will always have that weird culture because it's just. 82nd yeah i'm just saying they come down there to tell them like you can't be all americans anymore those guys are gonna those guys are gonna single-handedly take over the united states (laughs) because there's or make more gay porn there's twenty five thousand of them (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah. my contention would be you would only need a thousand of them because like i mean what beta beta beard sec noise you know beta beta, you know the beta crowd is going to stand up to 10 guys from the 82nd with with a full combat load those guys are gonna run amok you know so uh, are you yeah, kidding me the, the, everybody I've, I've in met D- a few of them uh, everybody in dc thinks like you know war broke out and you had like a couple of dipshits you know wandering around in buildings you know i mean nothing happened practically and you know and it's the end of the freaking world you know yeah you know, that so happened here's, in DC. here's here's the thing i want to know right so you have you know this like this this strange culture and stuff like that when the rangers special forces seals marsoc um guys like combat control when they all leave and go forward into the future to uh what do you call it um enter the forgotten ruin does everybody left behind become what 
<laughs> like, dead. what is the ruin reveal for that? Dead. They become dead. I, so, like, I because okay. we won't we won't get there for a while. But like, basically, the nano play. Like, I already written this part. I already wrote what happened. There's a whole story that I wrote about it. Um, but basically, what what happened is that was when the nano plague was its most brilliant. So, the whole the whole thing, the whole nano plague, is designed by this woman called the Spider Queen. I and you have to think of her as like high functioning uh, Asperger's and autism. And it goes even farther back to the 1970s. She was raised in basically a military industrial complex community of the future, which the military was kind of doing in the 60s. They were like, hey, let's build like perfect societies like Mission Viejo, California. And, you, and, and let's put the kids in there and like, let's begin to, you know, this is my theory, like, let's begin to train them for a nuclear war. So let's, let's train up warriors and let's train up thought leaders and let's train up, you know, scientists. Cause that's what we're going to need. You know, when planet of the apes time happens, that's kind of how like the military industrial complex used to think back then. And so she's one of these children that's in these experiments, you know, this experiment, they can't really figure her out because she's high functioning and everything like that. And they're trying to socialize her. So they send her to this game store that the CIA runs where kids play D&D because what they're doing with these kids is they're saying, hey, one day when there's a nuclear war, we're going to need thought leaders. We're going to need planners. We're going to, yeah, we got the jocks all swimming and, and playing basketball and playing football and training for aggressiveness. So when doomsday happens, we've got a warrior class. Now we need a thinker class like us. But she's a scientist, but they can't seem to socialize her, and they can't put her in with the jocks. So they send her to this game store to play D&D, even <laughs> though she doesn't understand it. And she falls in love with this guy who's a jock, who they're trying to figure out what his deal is. So they're running him through that and trying to get him to play games like that. And, and for one summer, they get to play D&D, and, and she falls in love with him. And then because they're scientists and everything like that. They're like, well, this is not working. Let's put her back with the scientists. Let's get her back into the AV club. Let's, you know, let's, let's get her into advanced AP. Let's, let's begin. Let's just, we realize we can't break through with her. So let's, let's just really dial in on her science. And so she's ripped away from this guy and she's so pissed about it that she decides to destroy the entire world and make it into D and D. And, and so she ends up like for a long time, like just disappearing. It's like, she's the one that she's the, she becomes so advanced that she would be the kind of person that would make COVID. Oof. She knows everything. She knows how to program. She, she knows all the doomsday shit and she's locked in, in a facility where she cannot like, she just does science all day. So she escapes and she decides to use all her knowledge to recreate the happiest moment of her life, which was this summer where she got to play D&D. So what she's doing is she has turned the entire world into that D&D campaign in hopes of finding this guy now, who is now a 50-year-old CIA, down-and-out CIA who just had to kill his best friend. Oof. And, and that, the, that's the initial story of how the nanoplate gets released. And the way that I the way that it's kind of like really set up is you remember that pharma bro who, who bought the rights to the AIDS drug and then like yeah. jacked the Jack price the up price. 400%. Yeah. yeah. She hates guys like that. She hates people like that. So using the nanoplague and putting in all the, the parameters that she wants, she begins to turn everybody in the world that she doesn't like into something. So I use him as an example. She turns him into a vampire because he is a vampire. 
Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like he, he becomes, you know, like his body begins to change. He begins to grow fangs. He, uh, the sunlight starts to hurt him, all these kinds of things. So, and she does that. Every, if you're a gangbanger, you get turned into an orc. If you were a terrorist, you get turned into a, a goblin. If you were a serial killer, you got turned into an ogre. She just basically went through society and coded what she wanted the DNA, like, and how to find it and, and how to, you know, like how it would go after, you know, people with these chromosomes and all these kinds of things. Cause she knew it. She released that to basically turn the world into her D and D campaign. Oof. That's, that's brutal. Uh, that's cool as shit though. Yeah. It's fun. And that's like, it, it's hinted by Vandar in the books. Who's the wizard, the Gandalf that's hinted as the book of Skellos. Oh, that's awesome. Which tells that story. And so we'll we'll actually release that at the end of the six books to tell people like, okay, here's what Forgotten Ruin is all about. Here's how it happened. Oh my god, that how cool would that be to once you finish up the six book arc to do the story almost like a Left Behind series, where yeah, yeah. oh that'd be so cool where they're trying to find the the Spider Queen to stop yeah. the play. Oh yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, that's what. The kid who was a jock a long time ago, that who was in love with her, that's that's kind of like he's being changed into a half ogre because that was the character that he played and that's who she loved. So whether he likes it or not, he's becoming this big giant half ogre. <laughs> and but he's like I said, he's this down and out CIA guy who just had to whack his best friend. Do you say why he had to whack his best friend? Don't spoil it for me. His... <laughs> <laughs> because his best friend knew knew the whole game, knew what was going on and needed to be eliminated. Ooh. And, and it's like, I, I just, when I was coming up with that, I just listened to a prayer for Owen Meany. I was like, okay, this is perfect. Damn. I hope you have good strengths because you got a twisted mind, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I think you know writing is my strength. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, you know, you just you just kind of get it out there and everything like that. You know, Nicole always say like, I have no shame because like as an actor, she'd be like, okay, will you do the your penis doesn't work commercial? I'm like, straight up, they pay and I'll do it. And she's <laughs> like, will you do like you have like you have like hemorrhoids? I'm like, I will do it. And you're like, I don't have an edit button. I'll just kind of do anything. I got. I got to tell you, the best JR. is the Mario. Voice. I love when Jared's like, "Yep." <laughs> I, I, I want to run a game where where Nick does the uh, the Italian artist voice throughout the whole game. It's me. <laughs> I am the Weezer, Doctor Nick. <laughs> I can cast anything. Fireball, <laughs> make your penis small. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So, like, where, um, where do you think the, uh, where do you think you guys are going to end up as far as like, um, what, what are some of the things that you would like to see in the, uh, um, the Shattered Sea slash Wargate game that you guys going on? So Nick has already given me a few ideas, which one of them showed up today. Uh, what are some of the things that you guys would like to see? I'm I'm just along yeah, for the ride. I'm trying to figure it out. Women with four boobs. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Total oh, Recall did three, and you've got to outdo that, right? I mean, come that's on. That's true. Yep. How about you, Jr.? What would you like so, to see? Um, 
I don't know because I've read the book, so I kind of have an idea where the universe goes. So it's it'd be fun to be surprised and not have it like something that's already happened in the game. I mean, in the book, happen in the game. Uh, I like the idea that what we become matters. I, I kind of dig the idea that it was random. So I like, like I said, I did the dice roll for it. Um, I think that'd be cool to have a that built into the game itself when you publish it. I mean, not that everyone would have to use it, but just that it's an option. Well, that's maybe that's yeah. I think I think people, yeah, I think people like random, like they like the random stuff. But then, you know, it's 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 like I think when James would run games, that random sort of like now you're a pineapple who can have psionic blast. (laughs) So the yeah, it got a little too carried away. But I think it's fun if it would happen once. But with James, it seemed to happen every twenty seconds. So I, I will say I know I'm going to do a magic user just because like that's the one class that I've avoided because it's complicated, so it scares me a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what gods you come up with. I hope it's not Egyptian gods because, well... I have never played a druid, but that's what I'm going to do. Nice. So sh- should I say then, yeah. if you're saying mm-hmm. Rothman? Yeah. Or do you want to wait? So I, yeah. I rolled... Yeah, well, I think, I, I think we've said it, right? Yeah. I rolled an elf, and I, and I want to be a, a wizard or cleric or something. Um, but I, I don't know enough, so I've got to do some reading on those classes. I definitely want it to be magic, just because that will be challenging for me. Evidently, yeah. I'm a chunky elf, because I'm 5'7", 164, so eh. So, dragons... Well, the, 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 ruin, webs... the ruin would change you. The ruin would change you. So, right. like, so I'm, are you saying it's like a weight loss plan? Because <laughs> well, I'm yeah, gay. Dialing in, mm. dialing in first on JR, okay, like, you want to be an elf and a magic user, so why would the spider queen have what like you know knowing that she was programming you know selecting and traits like that why does she see like not that she would actually know that your character is that but like what in your makeup would cause the virus to change you into an elf what's an elf uh, she would have seen out she would have seen elves because she was an elf in the game she would have seen elves as noble tragic loving people because that's what she is but but with with an inability to connect to humanity so like she would have coded certain types of people artists and things like that to become elves so 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 in in this world uh do the elves have like very long lives or immortal effectively yeah uh, that okay. it was hard for it was hard for her to achieve immortality yeah. but you know like we're already like they're, they're already saying like in in science right now if you can make it to 2035 there's a good chance you'll live for quite a long time like as in forever um but so we already have advanced longevity techniques and things like that if you read the bible yeah. um, people used to li- live upwards of 900 years so if you well you know, if you believe they that, actually yeah. they've actually done some math i've seen the the papers on it where if you yeah. take out the concept of the julio claudia uh the julian calendar and you look at mm-hmm. years as moon cycles then it actually fits right. with what we know of the period and so yeah. they think that's a linguistic error, but yeah. God said, "God said years." So I'm going to go with God, not not you and your and, and, and evidently <laughs> Enoch E N O C H, I think in English, uh, ha- has not died yet, so he, he's still kicking very old. So, uh, yeah. but um, as far as why, I don't know. That's a that's a deep philosophical question. Well, what I don't say? think I've had what enough is, scotch yet for yeah, for the yeah, question on why scotch. you become what you be- what you become. Well, because because what I'm trying to say is like, um, if if she saw herself as a as a person who 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 loved and admired beauty and truth, 
but because she had high functioning Asperger's and autism, she couldn't connect to humanity. And so she started coding people like her who she knew she had Asperger's and she knew she had some autism. She knew she was spectrum. She started coding people like that to, to be elves, to, to sort of become these sort of like, you know, beautiful ethereal creatures. Well, well th so, th th think about oh, it. Also, yeah. the other thing is she coded, she coded all Asians practically become elves. That was another thing. She just thought that Asians were elves. Yeah, so well, you could be Asian. Oh, well, I, I guess, I mean, if you're if you're describing not connecting to humanity, how many of us that came back from Iraq could that not fit? Because yeah. when, yeah, you, yeah, when mean, you see the world at its yeah. darkest, like, I hate people. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, anyway. Well, I mean, think about it. If you're immortal and everyone else is mortal, then you 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 learn to, you know, distance yourself from everyone else because you're going to see them all die. You know, yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's 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 gonna you know you you you're either gonna go crazy or you're gonna just separate. Yeah. Yeah. So there's 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 like you know it's it, you know if you if you wanted to dig into your character a little bit you could say, well, genetically you must have had some Asian in. The whitest guy I know in the world has one percent Chinese in him. <laughs> so the nanovirus could have found that and begun to change it, or you might have been Spectrum on some level. A lot of people. He's Air Force, right? It. Yeah, he's so, Air Force. Nic Nicole is Spectrum, so you know uh, she laughs, but she is um, <laughs> uh, popular author uh, smothered in his sleep. <laughs> yeah, she, are, Nicole, are you Spectrum? Yeah, she's Spectrum. <laughs> she's Spectrum. Um, I so hate, hating people isn't a good enough her, reason. Her parents just. <laughs> No, or I, I would, I would, I would say like maybe you, you have like such a hardcore case of PTSD that the ruin sort of like was able, like you know, if you can, again, we have to stretch with science, and I know Rothman, we have to, we have to <laughs> bend your precious quantum and use the right things. I, I caught your little post this week. I know, I know, I know. You know, yeah. So, um, uh, uh, using brain patterns and things like that the uh the virus could have selected for saying okay well there's there's lack of development here this indicates this um bam that's the and so you know the the, the ruin is going to change you into an elf because it thinks that's better for you it thinks that that'll make you what you actually are and then the magic is you you have you, you have a big brain you have you probably have a high iq that's why she said oh people with high iq with high iqs would be magic users i was going for cleric just because I've taken enough, yeah. so the idea of playing a healer could be different. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I mean, like uh, the cleric thing is like a lot of religion, and you seem to get worn out on religion with your last character being that you were a new one every ten seconds. So you know, maybe a straight up wizard would be good for you. And that's the thing too: clerics aren't just healers. You know, the, when you think cleric, don't think like the dude swinging the little uh, incense burner, right? These think of like Knights Templar. Those are those are clerics. So I was just thinking that uh, based on having watched you play how you play your character and then how Andrew played his wizard, it just seems like it's the it's the shallow end for the for the magic users on play style. <laughs> and that's sort of why I went there. Yeah, yeah. The the well, I don't understand. Translate translate that. What do you mean? So in other uh, words, uh, uh, Andrew was so. Um, formulaic in everything he did uh, in, with the wizard that um, it, it seemed like um, 
he was doing advanced trigonometry with an entrance to physics and I was I was doing geometry. So <laughs> I'm just saying I was 11 bang bang for a reason, all right? Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. The, the, you the, you know, and that's the that's the thing um of that like games like that when we were playing Crimson Hawk with James. I know when I submitted my character, the first thing um James did was he pushed it off to Andrew and said, "Look at this." And the first thing they did was these stats aren't high enough. This has to be 18. Yeah. This has to be 70. And it's like, yeah, but that's I didn't roll that character. I rolled this character. And they were like, yeah. no, no, yeah. it's not high enough. So, and and that's the thing. Like, you know, when you're only having those like paragon characters that are like, it's like the difference because uh, you know I, I used to work in comics, and it's like the difference between Marvel comics and DC, right? Everybody really loves Marvel Comics because they can relate to Marvel Comics because the characters, while still having these fantastic abilities, also have flaws, you know? And yeah, it's an easier bridge to cross when you're trying to get, uh, you know, set your belief factors aside, you know, for the guy who can press a button and open a crystal lens so he can shoot a beam out of his eyes. Whereas if you look at all the, the DC characters, you got Batman who's a billionaire with a genius level IQ who knows 27 different martial arts. Okay, I can't even begin to tell you what's so stupid about that. You got uh, um, Wonder Woman who's a goddess. You got Superman who's a god. You got Aquaman who's a god, right? It's all deity based. You know, yes. and, and there's no everyman, right? And that's the th- that's that's um, you know that's when uh, when I was playing the cleric, you know, the cleric should have a a um, should have a bridge between its its his magic and his combat. The magic enhances the combat so that everybody else around him is more effective, but at the same time, he's still de- dealing damage too. So he has to be able to relate. The, the wizard that you could play, if you wanted to play a wizard, doesn't have to have that genius level IQ or be the, the deity. He can be that guy who knows a couple of spells really well. But he's so you're just, saying I could be the Gomer pile of magicians. You <laughs> could be the Gomer pile of magicians. Or like, um, you could be that guy who, you know, like look at Doc Holliday, right? Doc Holliday is one of those those those. Uh, characters that they, if you look at like movies and literature and stuff like that, people have redone him again and again and again and again, right? He was a terrible human being. He was a drug addict. He was he was you know he was flawed in many ways. But the only thing that he really had going for him was that he had a good friendship with the marshal of this town, and he was an amazing gunfighter. The second he touched that pearl handle, anybody in front of that business end of that of that pistol was going down. You know, so it's the same thing for the wizard. You could have that one spell that you're just like rock solid at, you know, Um, like uh, Captain Kilgosha is saying in the chat. Look at Harry Dresden. Right. Harry Dresden. Yeah. Harry Dresden is not like this rock star wizard who can, you know, materialize entire armies and stuff like that. He was he was the plumber of magicians. You know, when somebody (laughs) had a clogged magic drain, you called Harry Dresden. Right, and yeah. it's it's though having the character Magnum that... Magnum Magnum PI is a wizard. When you really think about it, yeah, yeah. He's just he's just like he's kind of a con artist wizard. Yep. You know he's he's a charming. You could be a charming wizard. You could be a con artist. You can almost look at a lot of TV shows and you can find the wizard. Yeah, 
And that's the thing, too. You don't have to have, like, the Andrew level. Play your version of the wizard where, you know, and that's what makes D&D fun because it's not going to be the same for everybody. You know? All right. Yeah. So so what would the Spider Queen have made from for wizards? Just Could be checking anything. your mind. Look at, look like, at Kennedy. Well, I think, I, yeah, she would have selected anybody with a high IQ um, who who was, you know, who like the the brain function said well this person has a high iq you know the virus sort of scanned for those things and maybe they had some kind of affinity for the sciences and for understanding physics and manipulation and things like that and so she would have coded for that but i think what we're, we're trying to say is like what kind of like okay here's another one like um um keith uh heath heath ledger heath ledger's joker is a wizard Oh, the wizard is all about awesome. misdirection, you know, and I like, like, like misdirection and, you know, applied power and things like that, but not direct contact. The wizard can be a manipulator. The wizard, you know, is a lot of the times using like, yeah, you can cast magic, but, but take away the magic of a wizard. And what they're doing is they're manipulating other things to do their work. Yep. It doesn't necessarily mean in an evil way, but kind of all sergeants are wizards to an extent. Yep, chess they players. Have, they have, they have a, yeah, they have a group of people. Like, yeah, that's the best way to say. It. A wizard is kind of a chess player. You could make a total like. So, if you, uh, well, you haven't read um, Strange Company, but in Strange Company, they basically they have warrant officers in one platoon who can, who have been sort of like sent into these dark labs and heavily modified given psionics and weird powers and for all intents and purposes or intensive purposes they are uh they're wizards and so one of them is this guy named stink eye who's this sort of like half chinese rastafarian old as dirt bitter drunken vindictive guy who can manipulate people's perceptions and emotions he he would never pick up a gun and fire he never even buckles his lce which is what we used to call our chest rig back in the day the suspenders um, of death yeah the suspenders of death um but you know he he's the guy he he you know like a, a wizard a wizard is a senior nco in a lot of ways you know like they they know how to work the system instead of getting in there and fighting the system so like when you when you make a when you make a wizard you're just thinking of a person who's learned to work with their personality and their mind instead of their fists so, so when you were in, how hardcore and tactical were you? Did you wear the butt pack on your suspenders of death? You know, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I had a butt pack. I had a messenger bag. That was pretty cool. Did you have a Did you have a fag bag? I did. Yeah, and for those out so, there, who so thinks... he was eighty second. Then is what you're saying. <laughs> for those of you who are out there who uh, who think I might be being <laughs> crass, uh, yeah. fag is an ac- acronym for field artillery gunner. Uh, and they had these big map case bags that you would throw over your shoulder, and they, uh, yeah, those those things were worth their weight. Yeah, especially if you were working with yeah. like the command element, and they always wanted maps and, and those uh, Statler map pens, the alcohol-based map pens. Oh my god, <laughs> those were good times. But uh, I think the chess rig is all infinitely um, a much better system. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially when yeah, you get like actual an, an armor. LC. 
So we had the yeah yeah, we, yeah. ultimately armor is the is the game changer. So we started with our armor with the the suspenders, and then they switched to the vest about two months into our deployment for our for our kit. Yep, suspenders of death. Uh, so just that you know, like maybe you're not a uh, going back to that real quick, chair. You don't have to be a smart wizard. You know, you can be well, a dumb wizard. But here's here's the other fun thing about D and D you can be like this is your chance to actually be anything you want and that's the therapy of D. like you know like you can talk with walt about that and his early experience and things like that but like you can be anything you don't have to be it like you can be like if you want to be a great grand high inquisitor saruman you know like wizard go for it you just got to act the part you don't necessarily have to get it right <laughs> yeah so uh, I have a from Sinokin uh, in chat suggested oh, there we you could be... say Siska. No. <laughs> he said we could be the drunken master who's only able to perform magic while sloshed. So I, I yeah. committed to the part that I will fake being drunk by drinking real scotch. Because <laughs> I'm a method actor. Method acting. Yep. yep absolutely. <laughs> if that works for you and, and you, you get joy out of that and have fun with that. And, you know, like, like Prometheus was very much um, – you know, uh, Prometheus was basically Tony Robbins in a lot of ways. Like he was, he was, he was, he like for all the shit that James gave him about evil being evil. But like, if you looked at a lot of the things that Prometheus did, he was actually quite selfless. He, he was always thinking of the party first, but like he had this core tenet, you know, I believe that I'm becoming a God, you know, like he's insane that way. Like that's insane to think that you're a God, but, but that was Prometheus. Like, when you play an insane character, you don't just play like, like a lunatic, and I'm a babbling person. Like, you you're, you play a person that believes crazy is the truth. I had a, so that, uh, that's Prometheus. I had a person send me a a PM on FaceSpace, and I didn't see it for a few days because it's not something I, I it's not somebody who I I have in my list. So when I finally noticed the message, I I popped it open and I laughed my head off. They were like. Uh, we've been watching the show and we're very disappointed that Prometheus and the cast is is being changed to this new thing. Is Nick's character the new Prometheus that has been uploaded to a new server? <laughs> yes, he is. He's creeping in and doing a new thing. I was um, like, oh, God, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh Yeah. Yeah, he could be, and I think I think this character is a, got a little more of the Johnny Depp in it, you know, in a polite sort of like Air Force good boy kind of way. But he'll be corrupted. That, that's why <laughs> I wanted to do the magic user though, because tank is comfortable. Because when you're a gunner, like that's basically like being a tank. You know, yeah. you're putting the heavy power down range. So I'm trying to do like break character, so to speak, by by yeah. doing something a little different and yeah. be an imperfect one. I would say I would say fall back to your NCO PLDC people management skills and try to play a wizard and try to exert power in 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 passive ways. You try to try to see to what you can that. do by influence as a direct action. What were you saying, Walt? I was gonna say, yeah, you probably don't want to touch that, but you know what you could do? <laughs> Uh, I was more grabbing by the balls and the rest will follow kind of NCO. Yeah. But it's you could get away with a lot more when you're at war. In theory. Sure. Yeah. But in PLDC, they teach you the other way, right? Well, I didn't go to PLDC. Ugh. 
Yeah, I got a field yeah, promotion yeah. to sergeant. Yeah. They just saw something. I, I had the sergeant saying. major of the army pin my stripes on, so eat it. Eat it. That's that's pretty big time. That's a big achievement. Yeah. So what you're saying to me is you were very excited that another man touched your chest. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had my wife put my stripes on for the fourth, third time. Yeah. Well, I, I did go through PLDC three times. I just never graduated because they kept calling us back to deploy. I made it through the ding PT test and I passed the land nav. And then they're like, oh, you got to go back to your unit. Like, screw you too, buddy. Yeah. Not that I'm bitter. Like, if you who, can't tell. Who taught, like, who taught you how to like manage people? My platoon sergeant, he was uh, an, an acronym. So he did time in NOM, got out. And then he said, shit, I could be retiring if I had stayed in. So he went back in the guard, and then I was an active component attached to their unit. And he was – like, he had more combat stripes than I had service stripes, and then he had service stripes. They just, like, literally went up to his first sergeant rank. So that was my teacher. Good guy. Yeah. So maybe be him. I don't think I'm that badass. <laughs> That's why it's D and D. You don't have to be. Yeah, you can be whatever you want. The funny thing is, okay, we had Roth, oh, no Roth, war stories. I'll stop. Okay, Rothman, let's work on you. You want to be a druid? Sure. Okay. That was why? easy. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because I've never played a, uh, played one before. I figured it'd be. You've a never played a druid. Yeah. No. I think no. you'll do better with a druid in Walt's campaign because I sense there's going to be a little more variety in outdoor and adventure. Yeah. I think with James, like if you played a druid, he's like, well, you're underground again. and There's no chance you can have any connection with nature. Exactly. And now you're a gay pineapple. <laughs> Which is good because you didn't have any plants in your backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my good friend. And the, the goblin pop out shoot you and then they close the door. Ah! <laughs> What'd you guys think uh, of that, uh, that spear ballista today? That's cool. Dude, I yeah. feel bad about missing that. Yeah. Yeah, you could have gotten in on some old school siege weapons. I know. Ballistic could have been your dancer name. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, uh, if I ever write like crazy weird erotica, my my name is going to be Nick Cole for my pen name. Yeah, that's there how is, you get sued. Someone already did it. I think what? someone trolled me and did it. Like, yeah, <laughs> really? like if you if you look up on Goodreads, there's like one erotica novel with my name on it. Oh my god! It's not. It's not me. Uh, I would just. I would call Amazon and be like, uh, "Yeah, that money should be coming here." That erotica money is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> all four dollars and eighty three cents of it. Twenty bucks oh, is yeah. twenty bucks, my friend. Don't judge. Uh, all, all I know is that there's so many damn books out there. Uh, well, because I, I was having a discussion with one guy on Facebook, and he's you know, and he was looking for suggestions on naming something, and I rattled something off, and he's like, "Oh no, this other person has you know a book that title." I was like, "Who?" You know, and I go look up on Goodreads. I, I'd never actually seen someone who'd published a book and didn't have a rating. He literally never sold a single novel. You know, but it was up there. I mean, you know, it's like the, the only way that's possible is you haven't sold anything. He didn't I, I even didn't... buy a copy of his own book. Right, that's right. Uh, I'm just like, wow, that's impressive. I mean, most of us. He's at the least kind of guy the... who like told his parents, like, 
Like, hey, mom and dad, I I wrote a novel. They're all that's good, son. <laughs> I was just, I was like, wow. I mean, I, I was all ready to make fun of them, and I, I was suddenly feeling bad. I was just like, you know what? I'm just dropping this. You know, I, I can't. I I don't have the heart. You know, like, that's really saying something when you don't want to fight with people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a little cantankerous normally. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of cantankerous, uh, I'm getting to that witching hour because I've been up yeah, sure. since, uh, you know, uh, oh, God, two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start. That was, uh, a, that was a long day of podcasting. I don't know how you do it. Um, uh, copious amounts of caffeine. And thankfully, my wife was home today <laughs> to handle the most of the dog. Except uh, he just he went absolutely mental a minute ago because the, uh, it's, it's snowing pretty good here. And, uh, the plow came through and he's like, Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> so that's kind of his default. How dare there be activity without me being involved? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I'm probably going to crash. Jerry, but... Are you doing good, man? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, you can always give us a shout out, man. Especially when the dog eats your glasses. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough, but I'm more yeah. stubborn than he is, so All right. Yeah, don't let that don't let that dog win. You know, and like I said, I, I work cheap, so you know, you pay for the airfare. I'm thinking about it. Seriously. B V B V Alpha. You like you could just move in on Walt's couch for like a couple of weeks and his wife would just love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I think if he let someone do that, he'd be sleeping on the couch. No, I don't. Yeah, think that. with the guests. <laughs> no. And women like women always have lady friends in jail, <laughs> like Siska. <laughs> I could just That's every like, time you say that on on a on a broadcast, Nick, I can almost hear his sphincter tightening. Because <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, need, I just send her a message. Need... I'm like, I'm sorry when you hear it. I'm just no in advance. I'm sorry. You just need some good loving. I'm telling you. Oh some my good old dirty raunchy loving. They're uh, they're even getting on this on the chat. It's funny as hell. Uh, I have to hop back over now. And see, yeah. <laughs> you, you if this Captain Gosha, I will it, kill him. It is. Yeah. Jr's cartoon is blushing. You just need to make. You just need to make love and then cry for a little while. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she she'll, sp- she'll spoon you and everything. Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Before we get any deeper onto JR's spoon. Oh, my God. Oh, JR's spoon is the best punk band name ever. 